Welcome to another episode of Songness. My name is Richard Villegas, and uh, it feels weird to do an intro in English because we're going to stay in English. We have an English episode for you all today. Uh, right now, we're listening to a song by Divino Nino called Quiero. So we're going to play that out, and we'll be right back with a very, very special guest. back it's a beautiful sunny i'm gonna say spring morning in mexico city i'm sitting across from camilo medina uh singer songwriter guitarist uh front man um you know vivo from divino nino what's going on how you doing oh, i'm doing great thank you so much for having me this is my first time in mexico city which is where we are and i'm having a beautiful time yeah i mean i, I we just uh, i just saw you perform a couple days ago it was really fun um, I'd been meaning to see Divino Nino live uh, again for a long, long time. Um, again, I, I tweeted this. I already told you this. But for the listeners at home, the last time I saw Divino Nino live was 2017 uh, in Chicago. You guys played a sideshow uh, around Ruido Fest weekend with Las Piñas from Argentina, who is a band that I still stand. Um, and you played, uh, I discovered you guys the year before at the festival at Ruido Fest uh, alongside uh, Song Mess co-creator. Um, Beverly Bryan um, and we were both like immediately enamored um, actually uh, quite a few people who were there like industry folk that I know we were all there and they were like that's kind of like the discovery of the festival so uh, Divino Nino has been on my mind for a long long time um, and, and you have uh, we've played your music on the show before so for the listeners at home that are just getting to know Divino Nino well who are you and what is it that you all do? Um, yeah we're a band from Chicago um, it's five of us right now and we have been recording together and playing together for like nine years, if not maybe maybe ten years. Um, but we haven't been fully like touring actively. We've been touring actively maybe just for the past, I don't know, since 2018. Yeah. Um, so so ever since we released, yeah, like I don't know, our album Foam is when we've been the most active. But we've been. A band in Chicago for a number of years now, and it's uh, me, Camilo, which I'm Colombian, Javier plays bass, he's Colombian as well, 
We have Guillermo, who plays guitar, who is from Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh -huh. And then we have Pierce, who was born in LA, and Justin, who was born in Chicago. Cool. Yeah, because I remember a while ago, I remember reading something to the effect that two of you were from Colombian from Colombia. Yeah. And that the other two, when you were still a fortet, uh, were, I think, Chicanos? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Or actually from Mexico? That I don't know, but um, I was like, oh, this is like a really cool sort of weaving of... I mean, obviously, I'm guessing people have come in and out, but but I was just like, wow, it, like you guys were like the Latino band out yeah. of Chicago for, for a minute there. That's how, that's how it felt. Okay. I think like after the pandemic, I've seen more of like a Latin... I've seen like there's like... I don't know. There's like other acts right now, Conjunto Primitivo, like yeah. other, yeah, other acts that are like that. I at least when we were starting out, I, I don't remember being surrounded by a lot of Latin artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I and I, I, it's it's an interesting like I was thinking about that. Like, I've had this conversation a bit uh, over the last year. Uh, I had it with, you know, El Lado Negro. I had it with Senia Rubinos of like what that means of just like i i mean maybe maybe we're starting from the, from the back here but like it's just like being i you know i even pulled up this story just now as we were writing the playlist of like oh like I, a story that i wrote about the chicago scene and it's just like like i put you guys number one as like the latin bands to know from this scene and i i try not to do those kinds of stories anymore like a little they're a little essentialist um you know and visibility matters i'm like we have visibility now let's let's do more with that um that's kind of my my stance today but it's just like i wonder ever if you feel because your trajectory is so fascinating to me because like you were you were like the latino band divino nino in the name but like most of your music was in english and as you have progressed the music has gone into spanish last spa on earth i would say is like 80 90 in spanish which is crazy and cool and exciting and refreshing and so i'm i'm curious about like navigating that sort of identity and that expectation from like Ch chicago has an incredible latino scene like i i i'm a huge fan of shout out to caro fotos a good friend of mine and all the chicago fam so yeah i wonder like what that experience has been like navigating identity within your art in this location being from it's kind of convoluted but i think you know yes where going. i know exactly what you mean by that and like i'm gonna try to do kind of like a summary of that because that is a dense a yeah, dense topic <laughs> for me uh but it's pretty much like we've been in chicago as like i think we've been playing we released i think our first album in 2013 and all the way from 2013 till 2020 that experience has been kind of like uh i wasn't that it wasn't that big of a deal that we were latinos mm -hmm. honestly uh we were surrounded by white bands all yeah. of our friends like that we were like all the shows we were going to were like we're pretty much white indie bands yeah and that to me that wasn't like oh my god like we're different it was more like oh i love this we're like this let's try to blend in let's try to be together in this community mm. so with that's why a lot of our music was in english uh because that's just the shows that was our source of inspiration we'd go to a show we go to the empty bottle we catch this band mm -hmm. we'd be like this was really cool let's go, let's go home and write and it without knowing it it was kind of like uh, a difficult battle for us i would say that that's one of the reasons why it was difficult to find our grip in the city until until after until like until i don't know 2019 yeah it's because we had been trying to fit in you know in a way and mm -hmm. it's nobody's fault nobody and all of our 
white friends who have sick bands or they're being sweet to us. It was more like uh, what happened was like when the pandemic hit, uh, we were not able to go and go to a show for inf for inspiration or anything like that. The inspiration came from within us. Yeah. And then that's when I realized I'm like, oh, I don't know why we're trying to be like uh, my bloody Valentine or like, mm. I don't know why we're trying to be a band like that when like, I don't know, we speak Spanish, there's Miss Nina, there's like all of these different uh, types of genres and, and ways of expressing yourself that we were not even tapping into because yeah. All we wanted to was to fit in the Chicago community. We, which, we have everything we need. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's so rich and so beautiful. But that kind of opened up the possibilities. And now we're like, you know, the Chicago community is still close to our hearts. But now it's we're not just trying to do that. We're trying to use that as like, like we're cooking, you know. Yeah. That's a really good condiment. But now I want to cook with more condiments and just have more fun and have more areas to express ourselves so yeah i think this is a great intro into the band and again the world in which you live and work and operate uh and you talked about how 2019 is when you felt that things started to change and then the pandemic hit uh i think we need to talk about foam which is uh, again a record that you put out in 2019 um you guys had put out quite a few records already i that's why i was like i you know i, I um there was a mixtape that had like yeah, uh, a song called Uruguay, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. I loved that song. <laughs> that song is beautiful. Yeah, it was from the Shady Sexy Fornia tapes. Yes. And that was, um, so what that was, was like that we had been trying to record an album like Foam. Okay. But, and, and it just wasn't coming out. Like mm. it wasn't coming together. So we just decided to put all the demos and release them in a mixtape. Sure. And that's what that is. Because we were not, we didn't feel like that was an album. So yeah, before that we released Pool Jealousy and none of these albums we were touring. We all had like full-time jobs, we all loved the band, we played shows live and people were booking us because we were like fun entertainers. Yeah, yeah. But like if you went to see us at that time, like when the Shady 64 tapes were out, we were not playing anything that was out. We were trying to do foam songs that hadn't even been recorded right. because we were still trying to figure ourselves out. So how did you actually get to foam? We got to foam because, like, okay, this is where the narrative, like, actually starts. Because before before foam is before we actually found uh, a community that we loved in Chicago. We had been playing for years, and we lived in Lakeview. Okay. And we had been kind of playing shows around there. We were thinking of moving to L.A. because we hadn't truly found a home. Uh, when this one time... Uh, Alex Fryer, which uh, was doing dumpster tapes at the time, which was like, she's like a, a Latinx person who's like super cool. She is the key, I think, to introducing us to Chicago. She invited us to a show in East Room, and Javi and I went, and it was like, it was four incredible bands that in Logan Square, it was like Bunny, Head Gliders, and that's like the best show I'd ever been to in Chicago. Okay. And from then on, I was just like, okay, we finally we don't I, I felt like there were other weirdos there because I just didn't like any of their music, music that we had been around um, before that so then foam happened because we found this community and we're like okay we got it let's let's be with it let's try to do something that goes with this vibe so that's where foam comes from okay. it's like our first attempt to like okay feeling at home in Chicago with 
with a true scene. Like yeah. we had found we had found the scene. It was all you know, no no one Latin or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was still a scene that made us feel good. Yeah, it's it's hard to find to to be able to use your own language while using the language of because uh, I, I don't even want to say that like this kind of psych pop is only gringo like uh, like obviously like Latin America has been making psych music since for fucking ever you know uh, I mean even if you think of something like Los Angeles Negros which is more of a bolero there's something psychedelic about that kind of stuff you know no so it's just like um, yeah like it's 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 hard to find you know the thing that makes you you but also express it through uh, th this other lens da 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 um, I, because like up next I had queued up a song from Last Spa on Earth, which is your latest record. But what I want to do, I'm like, we're really in foam. I want to play another song from foam. Fuck it. Um, yeah. <laughs> we opened with Quiero and I'm thinking maybe we can play Coca-Cola. That would be great. All right, cool. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about those songs uh, and then we'll keep getting into the lore of Divino Niño.
Okay, and we're back. And so um, we played two Yvino Nino songs there back to back. And I wanted I wanted to draw a contrast of what was and what is. Um, we played Coca-Cola, which was off foam. And then we played uh, XO, or really, I think it's XO, um, which is from Last Spot on Earth, this record that came out in 2022. First, I want to talk about the two songs from Foam that we've played, just so that we can close that chapter before we move on. Um, tell us a little bit about Quiero and tell us about Coca-Cola. Yeah, Quiero was the first song that we wrote for Foam. Okay. And that that song and that album in general, it's specifically, it's, re- it's, it's recording our way of understanding production, how to record drums. Mm. This is us learning because we recorded everything ourselves, so how to record drums in the way that we like them how to record guitars, vocals, and, um, you know, Quiero has like a verse in Spanish and chorus in English, so we're playing with blending the two, um, and, uh, and Coca-Cola is like, you know, for foam, we just didn't want to be like an indie quiet band, we wanted to right. do something that had energy, and to be a little bit more like, I don't know, lit, or like awake, so Coca-Cola is more of like an, I don't know, slow divey type of like you know like sh- more of a shoegazy side to mm-hmm. it and um and yeah that song you know for example like quiero is about love for my girlfriend coca-cola is about like hating working in an ad agency and just being <laughs> at a place that you don't want to be at you know so like those are the topics that foam in general was about it was about love and 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 just very kind of innocent, innocent young thoughts, which is, you know, just which is a completely different vibe from what LSC is about. Well, and if you're saying that, like, Foam was an effort at being, like, m- less of a quiet indie band, mm-hmm. Last Spot on Earth, you guys are a fucking sound system. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the shit is so yeah. crazy. That is my, it was my favorite album of last year. I was oh, I devastated that you guys didn't bring any vinyls down because I would have bought one. Because, um, like, it, it is... So, I, I, I think it's interesting, like, there's Latin America and then Latinos in the diaspora are, are very different, obviously, different experiences. And I think, you know, everybody has their pluses and minuses or whatever, again, different experiences. But I think Latin America, even though I'm Mr. Latin America these days, there's one thing that Latin America often gets tied up in is that it, it's a bit conservative, it's a bit, um, not conservative, um, purist. You're a rocker, that's all you do, you don't stray from that. You're a cumbiero, that's all you do, you don't stray from that. And Latinos in the U.S. are like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I mean, but I grew up with La Sonora Dinamita and Mana, you know? (laughs) And why am I not going to do both? And that, I mean, it is, I I remember using the word unprejudiced Mm -hmm. when I reviewed this record the first time. And by the way, (laughs) dear listeners, full disclosure, I reviewed this record, I think, five or six times (laughs) last year. Um... And that made me so excited. I love cross-genre. I love mixing and matching. I love sacrilege, which again, ties into XO with the video. It's just being like, fuck it. Like, I love everything so much that I'm not gonna treat it as like this untouchable thing. Last on Earth is, again, that excites me. It's just like, we're gonna try some new shit. Buckle up, you know? So tell us about, again, because again, Foam is very uh, has a very specific sort of concise sound. Mm-hmm. 
Last Spot on Earth is everything, but at the same time, it feels connected. It's not disjointed at all. It's eclectic, but yeah. connected. So, so what was the process of creating Last Spot on Earth? Yeah, after Foam, we went on tour with Crumb for like two months yeah, yeah, in 2019. Yeah. We changed our lives, and I think because we have been on tour before, but never playing for two months to a packed room of over 500 people every night. And when you do that, I feel like we learned a lot about ourselves, about where we land. Because when you do touring, is, I feel like a really good way for a musician to get to know themselves. Yes. Because you're bouncing your energy off a bunch of different kinds of people for an extended period of time. So when we got back, we were like uh, attempting to create our next album. In a, in, a, in a fashion that was very connected to foam. It was going to feel like to us, like we didn't know the pandemic was going to hit, obviously. And we, were, we recorded so many demos that just sounded like just slightly different from foam, but just kind of like a gradient over. And we recorded so many demos, so many demos. And then the pandemic hit. And then the, the like, the, um, I don't know, our emotions, like the whole vibe just changed so much. Yeah. And then we went to a cabin in the middle of the pandemic to record. And then, I don't know, I would say that a sort of like, something like exploded because we just couldn't crack it. Like nothing was feeling quite right. Everything was too medium. And, and something happened where like, one of our friends from New York, Michael, just in the middle of our process of figuring out is is the world gonna be over? Is music gonna come back ever? There was this sense of like a bit of despair. Sure, sure. And also despair because of the environment of the pandemic overall, but also just us not able to crack what we're trying to do because everything's just changed too drastically. Mm. And then he came and showed us, we did psychedelics together, and then he showed us a video by Tomas El Real, Miss Nina, yeah. and Isabella Story, like all in a row in a psychedelic trip in the middle of the pandemic. And that like opened every door. We're like, wait, why are we like trying to do like gringo rock? Like that's not the only way right. to express our interest in the sonic arts. Like we can. So I don't know. I would say like uh, like a rebellion, like a demonic rebellion energy to cover like like in a crazy way. Where like any idea that would be hilarious or drastic or insane would be an idea that would be highly considered yeah. and we would all jump on it so if we were working on a trap song and I don't know homie here throws like a bachata guitar and we're all cracking up we're like oh my god yeah. that idea goes if we are trying to you know do like a reggaeton thing with like I don't know some metal guitar riffs and we're laughing or we think it's crazy that goes in so what was so pretty much last on earth are just ideas that caught our attention like we weren't bored by them and we also felt like this sense of freedom because I feel like at least me when it comes to me I just felt like I had been trying to play by the rules so I could mm -hmm. fit in into a community trying to be like what is the vibe that everyone is into so I can be part of it or something and when this in the process of making this album it was kind of like you know like F all of that yeah, like yeah, yeah. we don't need to like follow fit under any mold or anything and it was kind of like a rebellion like a way of rebelling against everything honestly and it felt very freeing and it was like it was really funny it helped us cope with the confusion yeah. of the times um and after that like honestly like i to be honest like what you were saying about several genres in one album my playlist on spotify they're not, I don't have them by gen, genre necessarily. Yeah. They're like, my, you, I listen to playlists and it has like 
a bunch of different stuff, you know, like 90s rock, rock en español, you know, trap, reggaeton, like, and they're all like, you know, they're all next to each other. That's how I like to listen to music. And I was just like, I don't know, I feel like many, I'm not the only one who's like this. I think many people listen to music like this. They're yeah. not just only cumbia, you know, like, they like to listen to several stuff. So, I, I mean, yeah. we, con we contain multitudes. We mm -hmm. like more than one thing. I, you know, it's something that I've often said, and like, that I kind of call out, like, you know, kind of, uh, dinosaur rockeros because yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. you're gonna tell me that you only listen to Slayer uh -huh. that you didn't grow up in your house listening to Juan Gabriel <laughs> that you know that your mom didn't wasn't playing Los Tigres del Norte like the fuck are you do what are you saying 100% you know? Juan Gabriel I fucking love Juan Gabriel <laughs> <laughs> I mean and and that album is psychotic and it's like at the same time it's exactly how I listen to music now that you talk about it like mm -hmm. that's how my playlist is I just put my shit on shuffle it's like those memes yeah. of like you have like I don't know like a poodle and then like some goth and like an anime girl and it was like yeah that's my playlist 100 <laughs> 100 um i another thing that i want to go back to that you mentioned that i think is so telling you said like we were cracking up uh -huh. I, for me i think humor is such an underused tool in yeah. music because mm -hmm. i think that there's this romanticized idea of you know The, the suffering artists mm -hmm. or, or whatever it's yes. just like we can only make sad serious or political shit or whatever yes. and I'm a little like oftentimes a sense of humor is how you get it most effectively across I think that's one of the things that reggaeton has done so successfully it's often quite funny yes. you know 100% um, so like I, did you ever feel like worried that they that people audiences the critics might not take the band seriously Um, Because, I mean, again, the album is psychotic. <laughs> it is psychotic. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, that's, a, that's a good, by the way, like, to the, to the humor thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer that second question, but to the humor point that you made, I think that's the benefit of, like, that the band is five of us. Yeah. Because every artist, at one point or another, we get dramatic about the whole thing. You know, everything becomes like, oh, the song, the most important, the one, I have to... You gotta have the homie out there that makes fun of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that gets you out of that dramatic thing and it brings you to the moment. Like you're out of, it gets you out of your head and now you're here and here now in this space and you're able to make decisions that just feel more grounded. Because when you're in your head, you get lost in your own thoughts and you lose track of where it's at. Humor is a really great tool to get you back in here and mm -hmm. get you back in a creative flow that's healthy. So I think that's why uh, we each, like, of the five, we take turns of being the jester. You know what I'm okay. saying? Uh -huh. Like, which is, I think, like, a positive thing. Uh, but now when it comes to, like, the critics, I mean, like, to be honest, like, I... Um, Or were, like, fans mad at all? No, I mean, I think so. But it's also, like, to me, it just felt like uh, I... I've always uh, appreciated, at, like right now, my mind is a little bit different, but like at the time, I was just like, the, for example, the movie, my favorite movie ever is like Alejandro Jodorowsky's Santa Sangre, okay. which is a psychotic movie. It's just <laughs> crazy. The imagery is just insane. You know, eight and a half by Fellini. I just love, at the time, I also really enjoyed, you know, the garden, spirit of the beehives, like entertainment death. I just, or Arca, I just love music that, it doesn't need to sound mainstream, but it, it gives me a feeling that feels new. Mm -hmm. So to me, the, what was the most important thing to me, and I think the homies as well, was to create something that would feel like, this may sound stupid, but like art, art museum worth, you know, some, something that feels artistic, more than like 
All right, I hope I hope that I hope this radio station plays this single. Like that was the last thing in our minds at the time. Uh, now, honestly, now I like now I'm obsessed with songs that like you can sing in karaoke, like bangers. Uh-huh. Okay, you know okay. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Now I'm obsessed with that, uh, um, and I would love to make a good marriage of the very artistic with a banger. But at the time, a banger was not important to me at all. Yeah. I just wanted, and I was looking. Me and the homies were looking for a new feeling. Okay, cool. Um, we are gonna close the show with another song off uh, Last Bond Earth, but that'll come a little bit later. Um, let's listen to some some artists from Chicago. Uh, first up, we got Lifeguard uh, with the song 1718 Love Song. Uh, what you got for me there? What, what, tell us a little bit about Lifeguard. Yeah, um, very young kids. Uh, we played a festival together in Chicago okay. uh, that Cena Cunningham uh, put together. I think it's called Putt. Lock. Oh my god. Jesus, I'm horrible with names, but it's like really cool festival and I saw them like uh, they were about to play and I'm like, oh my god, these kids look so cute. I'm just gonna drink a beer up here and check them out and I was mind blown. I was like, I felt like no one in Chicago is doing anything like this okay. and I think it's worth it to check this out. Okay, cool. So we're gonna listen to Lifeguard. Uh, the song is called 1718 Love Song and we'll be right back with more Camilo Medina and Divino Niño.
Song Mess. Un show de música emergente latinoamericana donde mezclamos entrevistas con los sonidos más frescos del underground. Su anfitrión, Richard Villegas, es un periodista musical contribuyendo a publicaciones como Remezcla, Rolling Stone y Bandcamp. Y con Song Mess, las conversaciones toman un giro más casual y personal, revelando el mundo interior de cada invitado. Song Mess está disponible en todas las plataformas digitales. Escúchalo martes 9 pm y jueves 9 am por Nova Hits Radio. Song Mess. Thank 
girls. All right, we're back. So that was a whole uh, block. We uh, we played three songs, all artists. Well, two from Chicago, one who's based out there right now. Uh, so again, we started with Lifeguard. Then we got into Deeper uh, with the song Sub, uh, which I think you were saying they, they play post-punk? Yes. Uh, deeper? Yeah, I, I think I would call it, I would call it that. At least uh, a type of post-punk. Those homies, they've been playing music for a while they've been in the Chicago scene been very supportive of the community they're great people and they deserve they deserve to be on Sub Pop they, they really do they're beautiful people and they play incredible music amazing and we also heard uh, the song Tamagotchi and this is from Heart Gaze uh, Heart Gaze is actually a friend of the show we talk on Instagram all the time I know he's from Argentina uh, and I'd forgotten that he is currently based in Chicago um, I, I know that he does sort of like trappy pop reggaeton electronic hyper poppy blah, 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 you know future music but tell me about Heart Gaze because you were telling me that like you guys have like gotten to know each other out there yeah uh, we met in person for the first time so what happened was like when we were writing LSC we got into artists like Paco Moroso, Catriel Ooh, okay. uh-huh. like kind of like this way of approaching trap in Spanish that I think it's very stylish and I don't know anyone in Chicago who's approaching like hyper pop in Spanish or in this in this fashion. I don't know anyone like a single person. And when I when I heard his music the first time, I'm like, oh well, this is this is. Mm-hmm. It felt like all right, we're we're going on the same vibe. And we just met at a party like a month ago. And you know, we've been traveling quite a bit. But as soon as I get back, I'm looking forward to hanging out with the homie. He's very talented. He just released an EP. Oh, I mean, the Argentina shit. Is right now is crazy. I'll I'll spill the tea off mic because there's good shit happening in Argentina. Yes. Um, and stay tuned, dear listeners, for Song Miss Argentina coming very soon. Actually, right after this, right after this Colombia series, we go into Argentina. Um, I, and speaking of the Colombia series, the reason I, you know I was like, I mean, I've been wanting to talk to Divino Niño forever, you know, um, and I'm using the excuse that you and I think Javi are from Colombia, correct? Um, and not just of Colombian descent, like you're actually from Colombia. Yeah. I think you were born and to raised there to some degree. Yeah. Um, I, we're starting from the back, but you know yeah. it is what it is at this point. Um, tell us about that. Like, tell us about like your origin story. Like, where where in Colombia are you from? Yeah, I was born in Cali, Colombia. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my parents were living in Bogota at the time. They just went on a trip to Cali, and I was born in the trip. So then, you know, I did my first communion there, and then. I lived in Bogota till I was 10, and then I moved to Cali for three years, and I lived in Cali till I was 13. Okay. And then I moved uh, from Cali to Miami. But the funny story here is that Javi, the homie that plays bass in the Vino with me, we met in Bogota when we were four years old, like in, in, in school. Yeah. We met, and then he left, and then we found each other coincidentally in Miami when we were in like in middle school we just found each other coincidentally and then we started playing music together so we have kind of like a strong astrological spiritual bond that is really crazy Um, but yeah we're the only two Colombians so sometimes when 
you know, uh, I don't know, articles say Colombian band Divino Niño or, you know, some of our homies that are not from Colombia and they're like, damn, that's not me, you know? They're like, parce, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, you know, that's, again, like, I was a little bit like how I'm like, just going to be like, okay, you know, you guys are in this series now because, like, again, like, I, you know, you hear a lot of that in the record. I mean, maybe not slang necessarily, but, like, you know, there's this one song, I forgot which one it is, but it's just like, you're like, um, eh, rasgaditos de jugar tanto Pokemon. Oh, you know, yeah. that to me is like a very specific lyric that I can, I can see you guys as like young otakus. <laughs> I love that you picked up on that lyric, on that, yeah, because that, that is very, it felt very nostalgic of Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it talks about like, uh, in the, in Colombia, sometimes, uh, the chips would come with Pokemon tassels, yes, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, so I just remember being on the, you know, we were like in recess, we get on our, in, in our knees, and, you know, los trying tassos. to play those tassels. And it's just like, it's just kind of fun to just like playing so much Pokemon. We talk about Super Campeones too, which yeah. was like a show that we used to watch a lot. Or so, con, yeah. como Ranma y Medio me convierto en la gatubela. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, wait. Gringo kids don't really know about anime like that. Like th- this is Latin American shit right here. Ranma is a is a is a deep cut. And honestly, anyone who picks up on those, like, it makes me it makes me super happy because yeah, it's all like having I chuckle. You know, like we 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 know all of these shows and we we know all this shit and like it's fun to connect on that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you got to Miami when you were thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So what was what was that switch up like? Oh, uh, up until like a couple of months ago, I have n- I've had a repetitive nightmare that I am in middle school, 14 years old, because I think I had a traumatic experience and nothing really crazy happened. It's just like the change of culture hit me really hard. Mm, and to be honest, I don't think I was aware of racism until like, like it sounds crazy, but until like last year, I think I was very... Maybe my parents protected me a lot to know what this was like. And um, so, yeah, it was a bit traumatic and it was a bit difficult. I also moved to the States because of political asylum. My father was a politician and like they tried to kidnap me a couple of times. So like, yeah. So like I had to move under kind of like a like a very dark situation. So uh, the move was a little strange, but, you know, in Miami, also in Miami, you don't really need to learn English. Sometimes you yeah. can almost live your life speaking Spanish yeah. there, and I'll, a lot of I I don't think I fully was able to grip onto I don't know speaking English until I moved to Chicago. To be honest, gag, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what motivated the move to Chicago? Uh, I went to an art school. Like after high school, I went to an art school in Miami that was just so bad. I did two years there, and I was just like. This sucks. Like I, I felt like I was really good, but it was only because everyone there was just didn't they didn't care at all. Mm. And I was just like, you know, I just want to go to a good school. So I, having I had a band there called Flower Flowers, like indie, Animal Collective, Fleet Foxes type of stuff. Okay. And uh, I moved to Chicago for school. So I did the last two years of school at SAIC, and Javi came like I think a year, two years after. And, uh, and I moved here for art, and I'm happy I did. Like, I love the school here. I love the scene in Chicago, and I've been in Chicago for the past, I think, 11, 12 years. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, right, because we haven't even spoken about like your work as a as a visual artist. I yeah. mean, tell us a little bit about that. Like, at what point did you start developing that skill? Because you do, I think, all of the posters. You definitely did, you did the artwork for Last Spot on Earth. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've done it for the previous records, but I suspect you yeah. have. Um, tell us about that aspect of your creativity. Yeah, for sure. I. Um, like I think a skill that I've had since I was a little kid has been drawing like you know how sometimes people are kind of born with a skill of singing and stuff like that like for example my mom has always been able to sing she's always been like a star in karaoke singing has been something that I've had to develop for, through the years like it's not something that I don't believe that you know I probably had as developed as my mom but drawing I've always had it with me and that's why I went to school for graphic design um, and I've been doing all the, you know, for the, I don't know, the, the time that I've been living in Chicago, I've been just a freelance uh, designer and illustrator, just making graphic art for bands and stuff like that. And it's been just the past year that I am now interested in just art, only art, like uh, painting, and then just, just creating art. Like, uh, so, so yeah, like I think music was before, draw- music was the first way for me to, that I could feel like I could express my art, because mm. up until then, I was using that skill for, you know, to make money for commercial use, you know. I know how to draw, I know how to make some logos, let's make money of that. And music has always been that, maybe it's because it was harder, I don't know, like, but it has been my way of expressing expressing myself artistically yeah I, I mean at some point like oftentimes like people forget like they, there's this giant monolithic idea of what art is and it's just like mm-hmm. I, I like to reduce it to like its simplest form I'm just like you're living your fucking life and you know voicing what you feel whether it's in song whether it's you know in a drawing or whatever it's just like it's a, just an expression of like the shit that you're going through 100% I think that it's free therapy <laughs> 100% yeah like art is just the documentation of life yeah because life is art at all times like if like we're sitting right here in Mexico on a table with the sun like if we we were able to recreate this feeling of the sound of the temperature of the visual mm-hmm. if we were able to recreate this that's art we're just recreating life we're just documenting it so i that's what you're saying is exactly it is therapy because we're like we're forced to go dive within ourselves and be here now document what's going on right now mm-hmm. and then you just do that and like i think that's yeah that keep us keep us here and uh, help us to not go into weird unhealthy mental places yeah i know that's fucking right yeah um look i would be glad to sit here for another couple of hours just kicking it but uh we do have to wrap up the show at some point uh so i guess my final question is uh last spa on earth at this point is what like six months old um i you know i'm not gonna sit here and be like so when is the next record coming out but i but i know artists and artists always cooking so what are you cooking? What yeah. what can we look forward to? I mean, I think you had a big tour in support of the record. Um, you know, you're probably going to chill for a minute, I'm guessing. But what, you know, what does the rest of 2023 look like for Divino Niño? Yeah, we're going to play Cachorro, New York. We might do a small tour in the end of the year. But what I want to do when we get back from this Mexico tour and, you know, uh, we want to record because we're already cooking new songs because we're... This is what happened. We recorded uh, LSE during the pandemic without being able to play it live. And then after touring it with Little Jesus and touring it in 
touring it just overall, I feel like we are learning what is the hell that we did because it's just so crazy what we did. That playing it live so many times in front of people allows us to understand what is it that we were trying to do. So now I, I'm just really excited to gather all of this, I don't know, for lack of a better word, I guess data, information or feelings and 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 do something that i don't know that feels exciting and cohesive and and more of what we're into now like we're just aching to create more music and i don't want to take another three years to release another record yeah we're gonna drop a single as soon as possible and we're just gonna get moving because something kind of beautiful has clicked within the band in terms of morale and energy cool and uh i think like just everything that we've gone through has made us kind of um, become one organism in a way, in a really beautiful way. So we want to uh, use this momentum yeah. to create. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, how wild Little Jesus and Divino Nino, the Catholic tour. <laughs> so insane. <laughs> it's the Catholic tour. So Everybody insane. just rolling up with crosses and shit. Yeah, people were bringing crosses. <laughs> that was incredible. It like, was like a Christian concert. Yeah, this, like girls, we saw some girls dressed as like goth nuns. Uh, <laughs> they would bring us crosses with our, with our logo on it for That's us to sign it. Great. I love that. It felt so like... Uh, you know, I was raised Catholic and stuff like that, and to and to feel like we can play with these images, uh, it feels kind of freeing in yeah. a way. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, again, for the listeners at home, just watch Ekiso. Uh, that video is a little wild. I mean, I enjoy it because again, sacrilege is something that I uh, enjoy very much. Um, uh, we gotta we gotta start wrapping up. Uh, what are uh, the arrobas like? Where can people find you, follow you? Uh, your work, obviously, with Divino Niño. Also, like your own solo work uh, with your visual art. Mm -hmm. uh, where can where can people find all that? For sure, uh, on Instagram is Divino Niño. I think if we just search that. There's a picture of us. Uh, my name is Camilo Medina. The E for Medina is a three. And right now, I have like an artistic endeavor uh, that is called Satanica Romantica. Okay. Uh, that I am. I'm just gonna be. It's gonna be something where I'm hoping to collaborate with. Uh, clothing and you know Ooh. jewelry and do different things that is just not graphic design but just art expression of art in a visual way um, so I already have an Instagram for that follow that right now it's just paintings but I'm I'm expanding and that's my way of expressing myself visually at the moment Vienen cositas. Uh, and I want to encourage you all to follow and uh, and listen to the Divino Niño on all of your uh, favorite streaming platforms but most importantly go to Bandcamp pay money put money in an independent artist's uh, pockets uh, because we know Spotify ain't doing that um, and yeah and I, I want to remind you all that uh, well I'm Richard Villegas and this is Songmas my guest obviously is Camilo Medina of Divino Niño uh, you can find this in our nearly 500 episodes at this point uh, on all of your favorite podcasting platforms uh, and same on social media everything at song mess everything is linked in the show notes you'll be able to find it nice and easy we got one final song I don't know if this is my favorite song off LSE but it's definitely up there we have Nos Soltamos um, again like I you know I wanted to play the perreo but we also gotta have that rock and roll that like funky moment tell us a little bit about Nos Soltamos Nos Soltamos uh, yeah I love this song uh, because it's 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 just about we sometimes I don't know we walk around kind of tense carrying a bunch of stuff mm. and sometimes uh, circumstances in life kind of force you to just let go you know like we hold on to shit really tight and that keeps us keeps can keep our mind a little bit close 
And I think when we loosen up our bodies, our minds tend to loosen up too. So uh, it's just a song about releasing so you can be free. Let's be free. Uh, again, queridos escuchas, my name is Richard Villegas. This is Songless. My guest is Camilo Medina of Divino Niño. The song is Nos Soltamos by Divino Niño from the record uh, Last Spot on Earth. Find it everywhere. Purchase it. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Ciao! Yeah.